Delano's Top of the Week. It's that time of the week again where we have the folks from Delano in for a chat about something that's going on in the news. We have a look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg and then there's always a personal pick from whoever's in this week. Uh, This week I'm happy to have Duncan Roberts from Delano in with me. Good morning, Duncan. Morning, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Did you have a good weekend? Yes, very good. Um, bit hot, yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna get it's gonna get hotter. Oh, no. We <laughs> yeah. have some very good tips actually on sort of secret places that you can go and cool off. Oh right, like the National Library is a really good place to go and. Oh, you know, it's got really good air conditioning. It's quiet. You can go and read a book. You know, so if you, you know, in your lunchtime, why not go to the National Library? Okay, then folks can find that over on Delano. Yeah, there's an article that uh, our colleague Tracy wrote. Yeah. Great. We've had Tracy here on the show before. Um, the topic we're talking about today is the news that the Luxembourgish government has voted to change the legislation on voting rights in the country, uh, meaning that non-Luxembourgish residents here will now be able to vote in local elections. Yeah, I mean, this was a vote that happened last week after some some debate. Um, <clears throat> so basically, anybody who's registered with their commune can vote now. There used to be a five-year residency uh, rule. But they've they've just scrapped that last week. So anybody and the local elections are coming up in June next year. So a very exciting time. Uh, national elections are in October. Non non Luxembourgers can't vote in those. Mm. Um, but yeah, anybody who's registered with their commune can vote. But whereas Luxembourgers are all automatically put on the electoral roll, non Luxembourgers have to actually register to vote. Okay. So that's a simple procedure. Um, you can go and do it at your local commune. Um, they've also, the law also reduced the, the time ahead of the election that you have to register to vote by. So it used to be 87 days before the election, and now it's 55. Okay. So that would make it, what, around March, I guess? Yeah. Anyway, but the sooner you do it, the better. I mean, you've got all summer now. Yeah. Okay, some, some communes have reduced their opening hours, I'm <laughs> sure, because of the summer holidays. But you've got all summer to, you know... Take, an, take a, a break at lunchtime or after work and or before work, probably better, uh, and go and, vote, go and register to vote. So has this already <coughs> this is already in place? Because uh, I was chatting briefly with this uh, about this with my colleague Francisca this morning. She was saying she tried to register on my guichet, but it wasn't there wasn't the option yet. Oh right. So maybe okay. they're still maybe they're still rolling it out or something. Still yeah, catching up with that. Yeah. Um, but that will be happening. It very will soon be happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, is is there any significance to the timing of this vote? Like, I mean, is it just with the elections in mind, or just it was, was something that has been coming for a while? Or it's something that's been coming for a while. Um, there is an EU law, of course, that says you know non-nationals have to be able to vote in European parliamentary ah, okay. elections in their country of residency, given certain restrictions as well, residency restrictions. Um, this this is a law. Yeah, I mean. Back in 2015, we actually had a referendum on whether Luxembourg, non-Luxembourgers could vote in the national elections. And that was resoundingly defeated um, by, I can't remember, about, well, about 80% to 20%, um, which was a bit of an embarrassment for the government at the time. Um, they then you know, made it easier to become a Luxembourger. They reduced uh, various restrictions on becoming a Luxembourger, made it easier with the language test and for people who have been here for longer than 20 years, etc. So this is part of that movement to you know, try and open up democracy to non-Luxembourgers, who, let's face it, make up almost half the population of the country. Mm. And in some, some communes like Luxembourg City, the capital, they're close to 70% of the population. So... If if you're only allowing thirty percent of the population to, <laughs> to vote for your local government, um, there's something wrong with democracy there. Yeah. 
Has there been any kind of um, polling into how this might change election results or whether this will have an effect on, on, the, on the voting? There hasn't been a, a poll recently. I remember when the referendum happened in 2015, all the parties were sort of, or several parties, we asked them, you know, do you think this would affect the result? And most of them said no, because, you know, foreign, foreigners, non-nationals, um, pretty much have the, you know, a split across the same political spectrum as, as Luxembourgers. Mm. Uh, and we see that in, in the local parties as well. A lot of non-Luxembourgers join local parties. Some are in the CSV, some are in the LSAP, some are in the Greens, some are in the DP. You know, um, it's, it's pretty much spread across the board. Um, and also, we really need to push this because in the last local elections, uh, just under 23% of eligible foreigners voted, actually used their right to vote. And register, okay. you know, so we Still need to get low. that up to up to a higher a higher amount, um, and then they might consider, you know, changing the law for the national elections or having another referendum, you know, maybe ten years down the line. Mm -hmm. um, if only twenty three percent vote, the argument's going to be, well, why should we give it to non Luxembourgers mm -hmm. if they're not going to use it? Um, but thirty three percent of non nationals at the last elections couldn't register because of this five-year rule. Mm. So that opens up a lot, you know, if a third of non-Luxembourgers non couldn't vote and now they can, maybe that will help boost the figures. Okay. Um, there is some reluctance from non-Luxembourgers to, to register to vote because of this, uh, because if you're on the electoral roll, roll, you have to actually go and vote. It's, uh, you know, voting is, is obligatory here in, in Luxembourg. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that's why you get such high voting figures for for elections. You know, okay. it's, it's around ninety percent turnout. So, if you don't vote, do you get hit with the fine or something? Um, that's the theory. Okay, but and that's probably putting a lot of non-Luxembourgers off. But in fact, the last fine they issued was back in the nineteen sixties. So they don't actually okay. nothing actually happens. Okay, um, and I know this from personal experience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I managed to somehow be abroad during the, I think it was the 2013 local elections, and I didn't actually vote. I voted in all the other ones and all the European ones. Um, and I didn't get a letter, nothing. Nobody knocked on my door saying, oi. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so it's fine, yeah. All right. Um, um, what's the reaction been to this change in the legislation? Has there been any resistance from anyone? Um, from the usual quarters. Um, Last week's vote in Parliament, 56 MPs voted in favour and four didn't, and all four were from the ADR. Okay. The ADR was uh, and is now being led by Fred Coip, who was the main uh, the main leader in the no campaign against the re you know in the 2015 referendum, um, and they're just saying no Luxembourg, you know people should become Luxembourgish, especially as it's so easy now if they want to if they want to vote. Um, I can understand the argument. They're saying, you know, if you if you don't speak the language, how can you follow the political debate? Well, most of the parties now issue their leaflets in at least three, if not four, languages. Um, various associations, including us, you know, host debates in English with some of the candidates before the elections. We, you know, try and keep readers informed, as you do as well. You keep your listeners informed of, of what's happening in the political scene. So. I don't think this argument that, you know, if you don't speak Luxembourgish, you can't understand the, the political debate is, is valid anymore. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm 
quite newly back in Luxembourg here. Um, before I left, I wasn't old enough to to, to even think about voting. Right. So I'm I'm still unfamiliar with the voting system that we have here. But maybe we could, and I'm sure some of our listeners still might be as well. Maybe we could talk them through how the voting in Luxembourg here works. Yeah. Okay. So elections are always on a Sunday, which is a good thing. So unlike in the US or the UK, where it's on a working day, you don't have to you know, take time off work to rush down or rush down to the polling station after work. Mm-hmm. It's on a Sunday, uh, I think usually between 8 and 2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, polling stations are usually in, not always, but quite often in the local primary school. So, you know, within a 10-minute, 15-minute walk for most people or a short drive. So very easy to get to. Um, five days before the election, at least five days before the election, you, you'll get your invitation to go and, and vote. And that will include a list of candidates, um, explanations on how, how to vote. So you turn up at your polling station with this invitation, with your ID card. They give you your ballot paper. You go into a booth. And on the ballot paper, there are a list of parties that are standing with each candidate listed below the party. Um, now, the number of candidates each party puts up is equal to the number of seats there are on the local council. So local councils can have seven, nine, eleven. It's always an odd number, so there is a majority, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and up to 27 for Luxembourg City. So if I vote in Luxembourg City, that means I have 27 votes. If I think, well, I, I like the Greens, for example, you can just put a, a, your circle, you fill in a circle with a pencil, you don't put a cross, um, at the top of the Greens list, and that means you vote, you're voting for all, all your votes are going to the Green Party, Every all the candidates of the Green Party. But what a lot of people in Luxembourg do um, is something called panachage, which means they select individual candidates. And for each candidate, you can actually give them two votes as well. So you have to count very carefully to make sure you get 27 and right. <laughs> don't waste any votes or you know, don't go over 27, which would spoil the ballot paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can pick out you know, individuals across the board, um, which is... You know, it happens a lot in Luxembourg and especially in local elections because people vote for their friends even if they might not 100% agree with the party that they're in, you know. <laughs> so the the results are often a bit skewed, but um, in just, general, they're pretty consistent. I mean, in Luxembourg City, the DP has been in power for, you know, over, for 60-odd years, you know, mm. with different partners. They've been in power with the CSV and with the Greens in the past 20 years. Um, now they're in power with the CSV, but yeah. The, the the vote is pretty consistent. Um, Ash used to be a, a stronghold for the socialists. It's not anymore, but you know you, you get the picture. Mm. And the south is quite often socialist. The centre is sort of DP Greens, and the north is more CSV or ADR. If you you know in a general sort of way. And so it's just the candidate who gets the most votes in total that gets selected to the seat in the in, in the council. Well, that works on a proportional representation. Yeah. So the parties, yeah, w- the candidates with the most votes get on to the council, but each party has their representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in nearly every commune, um, especially the bigger ones, there will be a coalition. Uh, so there'll have to be some sort of coalition agreement. It depends. You know, we expect the DP to win again and get the most seats in the in Luxembourg City, but whether it's the Greens coming back or the CSV, you know, maintain. You know, their second place, uh, a lot a lot will depend on, on the candidates themselves. Okay. Um, great. Well, thanks for running us through that. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners will now hopefully be going to my guichet and registering. That would be great. Yeah. Um, um, there is a, there's a explanation site as well. Sorry, uh, oh. I can vote 
.lu. I can vote all as one, one word, .lu. Um, go to that, you can select English and you get all the explanations and how to how to register and all the voting system is explained there. Okay, brilliant. Um, I'm going to play a track now and when we come back we're going to look at some events that you've picked out for our listeners this week. That will never stop 
You're like the toughest tree that withstands the charge. You're like Andre the Giant on his way to school. Beckett gave him a ride before there was carpool. He knew to pick him up, show him the way to go. the brand new one from Hot Chip. It's called Eleanor. That was our track of the week last week on RSCD Radio. And just a reminder, the voting is still, or is just started uh, for our brand new track of the week. You can head to our Instagram stories and find all the tracks in the running over there. Uh, I'm now back in the studio with Duncan Roberts from Delano. Uh, we're going to run through some events that Duncan's picked out for listeners to look forward to this week in Luxembourg. Uh, what have we got first, Duncan? Okay, first up uh, on the 20th of July, which is Wednesday, I believe, uh, we've got 24-7 Diva Heaven coming to the cool tour fabric um there are from berlin punk uh, sort of riot girl trio really energetic gonna be a real rock out show i All think right. really lots of pogoing i think yeah <laughs> should be good um then on friday the 22nd um it's the start of the open air cinema program so this is it's coming back to the courtyard in front of the palais so we're all where you know a few of those bars are opposite the palais uh-huh. Um, Go and stuff like that around there. Just a bit further down, bit yeah, further down. Okay, towards yeah. the Parliament. Okay. So um, they they set up a massive screen. It's the Cinematheque of Luxembourg and Luxembourg City who yeah. did this uh, massive screen. They've got about five hundred seats. Um, they're showing a you know pretty varied program. Some some modern stuff like Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, um, Encanto. The, the the it's not a Disney cartoon, is it? Was it anyway? Oh, sure. <laughs> animated film with uh, that song we need to talk about. Bruno, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and some old, some classics like Amelie Poulain, um, and some older classics like A Fistful of Dollar and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, so it always starts around nine thirty when the sun goes down. Um, it's first come, first served, so it's free. Mm. So it's a, it's another amazing free event yeah. here in Luxembourg. You just have to show up. Uh, you just have to show up. Okay. First come, first served. It's, if it's raining, they're even handing out sort of plastic ponchos for people oh. to sit there. So, so that's really it's a really nice atmosphere there. Um, and that starts on Friday. Starts on Friday, and it runs all the way through to the 29th or, or yeah, the 29th or 30th, I think. Yeah. Okay. Every every evening. Nice. Um, and then on the 24th of Google. Of, July, sorry, I'm <laughs> misreading here. Uh, we have a gourmet tasting with Hajimi Miyami of Kamakura Restaurant. Now, if you don't know Kamakura Restaurant, it is absolutely amazing Japanese food. Down in the Grund. Down in the Grund. Yeah. Some amazing tempura, but all sorts of other Japanese dishes. Um, the, the beef, of course, and 
they do a beautiful roasted quail, but lots of you know vegetarian and fish dishes for those who don't eat meat. Um, so he's doing a, a tasting at the Natural History Museum because this is part of this uh, Japanese exhibition down there, the Spirit of Shizen. Oh, yeah. So that's on the 24th from 11:30 to two o'clock. Um, okay. Well worth meeting. He's such a gentleman as well. He's one of the nicest people you could meet. And do, do you need to book for that, or you should? I think book in advance. Yeah. Okay. At the, the National History Museum website. Right. And all of these events are also listed on your agenda section. They're all in so that's our a good, agenda. Yeah. Good place to find them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you sign up for our newsletters, you get these ten things to do every Saturday in your inbox. Brilliant. Um, okay, we're going to end things with a personal pick from you, and I think we've got a track. What is it? Uh, well, I've gone for Working Men's Club. They've just released their new album called Fear Fear, which is a bit more dancey, sort of poppy than their last one. Uh, still sort of really nice post-punk feel to it. Um, and the track I've chosen is called Widow, which I think was released in back in March, but it's well worth listening to again. Brilliant. This is Widow by Working Men's Club. Thank you very much for joining me today, Duncan. Cheers. And we'll have you or someone else from Delano in next week for another one. Tracy, I think. Tracy next week. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Well, have okay. a good week then. Thanks. You too.